This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Loudly on WGN+. At that point, I signed a contract with myself. It was a virtual contract, and I said I needed to embrace all of my lived experiences and accept all of my identities. Hi, this is Ty Roxon, and you're listening to Hush Loudly on WGN. Hush Loudly, where we talk about amazing, wonderful people on the topic of introversion. And I am excited to talk to this person who I just really, once I met him because he interviewed me on his podcast, I wanted to know more about him. So I read his book. I started listening to it first. And as I was listening to it, I was like, Oh my God, I need to buy the book because I need to highlight and get all of these tips and all of this stuff about leadership and about being different. So I'd like to read the bio of my guest. His name is Tyle Roxon, and then we'll jump right into our episode. So Tyle Roxon is a writer, speaker, consultant, podcaster, professor, co-founder, and brand strategist at UYD Management a strategic consulting firm that empowers organizations to incorporate sustainable diversity and inclusion practices, which is what we need right now in this world, in this country. As the son of a diplomat, Tayo grew up understanding the nuances of multicultural diversity while living on four continents. He leveraged his experiences to establish himself as an authority in communicating effectively across cultures and personal branding. He graced various stages to share his knowledge, including TEDx, the prestigious Chautauqua Institution, and the United Nations. Tile is the host of As Told by Nomads, a podcast ranked in the top five tier of the top 25 business podcasts for entrepreneurs on entrepreneur.com. He's the author of Use Your Difference to Make a Difference. And in 2020, he launched the national anti-racism campaign called Hashtag Let's Talk Bias. In 2021, Tile was named in Remote Weekly's list of the 100 most influential remote experts and starred in the award-winning movie Impact, which is about three people who embark on a personal journey to transform the way they communicate on their quest to impact the world. Tyle Roxon, thank you. Welcome to Hush Loudly. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me and, and being so kind. I'm excited to be here and to share anything that I hope is of value to your audience. Everything you share is going to be of, of value. I already know this. So first, <laughs> I start with the typical question. Are you an introvert? I am an ambivert or an extroverted introvert, I guess, is the, is the term. But yeah, th- that would be the way I describe myself. And a lot of that comes from where I get my energy from. And despite how I present, I've been told that I present as an extrovert a lot. Uh, a lot of my my best and treasured, most treasured moments rather are by myself in my apartment, writing, reflecting, researching, or even when I go speaking uh, often, I, I usually will find some floor 
that has no one there just to sit down and recalibrate. So yeah, extroverted, introverted is what I would say. That's so Whatever. introverted. And so the, the <laughs> it, it is, it is, it is. And you know, it sees you about the part in the book about how you learn how to play a sport, but yes. it's so introverted. And Myers-Briggs, you know, the personality experts, they talk about now that it's a preference and that, you know, no one is 100% introverted or 100% extroverted and that we turn it on and turn it off. So when you're presenting, when you're doing your podcast, when you're doing your TEDx, you know, you are your more extroverted side when you're consulting. But your preference might be, like you said, on Thanksgiving, which you don't really celebrate, but you were just chilling, you know. That's what I was doing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Where an extrovert is more likely probably looking for engagement and looking for the people and, and all of these things, because that's where they feel their energy. So we'll let you call yourself an, an ambivert, but I personally think that, that you're an introvert. <laughs> so fair enough, fair enough. I want to talk about your book because I think that introverts, we, we live in a world that rewards, that values extroverts. And so the most talkative, the loudest, the one who has the most likes, the one who's the most out there and living their lives out loud is what our society seems to crave. So for people like us, like introverts, like me, who may not live their lives, they're different. And so we feel different, uh, in, especially in the workplace, in leadership, in, in positions where, you know, if the organization is more extroverted or looking for that type of individual, how do we fit in? And so I think that we align with our messaging on, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, encourage and uplift and empower introverts. And I think you are trying to do that for anyone who's different. And so your book, your book is about using your difference to make a difference. And so I wanted to just ask you for our listeners, when did you know you were different or, or what is it? What point in your life did you feel that you were different? And, and how did that manifest? How was that for you? It was, yeah. You saw, I was 10 years old and I'll set, I'll set the scene. I, I was born in Nigeria. I'm from Nigeria. My dad uh, was a diplomat uh, before he eventually became an ambassador. And we, we had just transitioned from military rule to civilian rule. So, you know, I, I grew up the first decade of my life under three military regimes. But as a diplomat, you know, you get posted out of the country to represent your country. And and so we got posted to Burkina Faso, which is a French speaking country in West Africa. And so I found myself as the skinny Nigerian kid with a thick Nigerian accent, a French speaking country in an American international school going through puberty. That was the first time I really felt different because this school was so small. It was about 100 people or so from pre-K to 12th grade. So everybody knew everybody, but that, that didn't mean you were popular. But things would be pointed out to you. You know, people would make fun of, of your hair. They, at least my hair was made fun of. I remember trying to purse my lips because, you know, I, I thought it was too thick and I was following Western standards of beauty. And so it was those moments <laughs> that I felt that because trying to navigate puberty in a dull sense with your identity and learning how to love yourself in, in a world that sometimes tells you that you're not enough. That was my first experience with that. Did you ever try to be like the other? I mean, so you mentioned the lips, but were there other things that you tried to do to sort of assimilate? Oh, yeah. I mean, 
I, during this time in my life, I used to go by my last name, Roxon. And I was so thankful. I, you know, I, I don't even say this in a way, because I know many people relate to this. I, in my, my 10-year-old self, I was thinking, thank goodness it's an English-sounding name. And can you, can you believe I was willing to shed my name? So Tayo is short for Akintayo, which means a warrior as Brothers Joy. At that time, I know, it's so beautiful. I, I, my 10-year-old self could, didn't even want to comprehend the beauty in that name. And I felt like I needed to do that. I even remember thinking about like, you know, I was like, should I have a lighter skin and all these things? And so that was my myself. And it was a journey I needed to go through because that led me to continue to explore the expansiveness and beauty of blackness. But, you know, then, yes, I was trying to assimilate in any way I could at, at 10 years old, for sure. And so how did you get from there to this beautiful book? You know, if you could share a little more. Like, so, I mean, I assume that your confidence, like all of us, our confidence was lacking at 10 and, yes. you know, grow into it. And then we become empowered and we do these things like create podcasts and all of this stuff. How did that happen for you? Or was there one moment or was it, the you know? Help? Yeah, there's a series of moments. You know, you, you go, I go from there in middle school. Then I came back to Nigeria for high school. And when I came back to Nigeria for high school, I spent, you know, uh, 10th grade to 12th grade. I was a boarding school. All of a sudden, I wasn't quite Nigerian enough for my, my peers. But at the same time, I was really respected because I had become to them more Americanized. And it put me in this weird, complex spot because all I wanted to do was like, yo, you can't tell me I'm not Nigerian. People will be saying the president's name or governor's name and pretending like I don't know. They're like, oh, yeah, that's the governor, by the way. And I'm looking at them like, you don't think I know <laughs> the, the governor? And, and, and they're like, oh, no, you know, because, you know, you, sound, you, you play all the sports and you sound all this. And so I found myself really looking at how, you know, white supremacy works, where even in your own country, people, I, I felt like a hidden immigrant, where they might exalt you for things that have nothing to do with you. And I'm thinking, wait, what about the other aspects of myself that is Nigerian? And you're like, no, we, we like how you do that. And so when I graduated at 17, I had been really frustrated because now it was seven years of figuring out which identity to, to flex. Ooh. And it, my dad got posted to Vietnam. I was getting ready to go to college in this strange town called Lynchburg, Virginia. Now, it's Virginia, yes. For a black man going to a town called that, I, I, I had a lot of thoughts. And they, they said, oh, no, it's not what you think. It's about a, a, a name, John Lynch, named after the founder. But at that point, I signed a contract with myself. It was a virtual contract. And I said, I needed to embrace all of my lived experiences and accept all of my identities. And it, you know, it was at that point where after seven years of going, you know, having it on both sides of the, the spectrum, I really, I took back my name one. So when I came to America, I started going by Tayo. I started, stopped going by Roxon. And then uh, I started to really share my stories more and more. I've been writing in middle school and high school and, and I still have those notebooks. But when I, I came to, to the United States for college, I uh, it was empowering in the sense that I knew that I was going to always define myself as this Nigerian kid who goes by you know his first name. And I would still not bulk under any pressure, even though I was in a very, very strange town. There are many stories about me living in, in, in the South and, and what it was like growing during the Obama years. But it was at that moment, 17 years old, that I decided that I wasn't going <laughs> to, you know, uh, change for anyone else. 
So do you know what your uh, special sauce is? I know that all of your identities that we talked about makes you who you are and the brand yeah. and the phenomenal person you are. But is there a, a secret ingredient, a special thing that you have that you think others don't have? Well, <laughs> I don't know if others don't have it, but I, one of the things that I do, I always pride myself, is I study human behavior. So my thing is observation. Dude, you're an introvert, Tyo. <laughs> right, go ahead. Well, so, go ahead. <laughs> It is. A, it's a, it's awareness. So for me, it's awareness and observation. It, you taught, you said you knew a, there was a story that made you realize I'm, I'm an introvert. So I play uh, basketball is my favorite sport. Now, if you, if you have a video, you see a bas- basketball shoes and, and jerseys here. But the way that I learn anything is, is through observing and studying human behavior, the way I learn how to survive in any of that. And so I don't know that other people don't have that. I, I just don't think it's practice enough. And so for me, what initially was a survival technique, but it's something I quite enjoy, you know, because I'm, I'm a researcher and, and a writer. And so that's what I would say is maybe my superpower there. OK, and, and I'd love to now talk about how does that play into what you're doing, your consulting? So I know you go into businesses. So tell mm-hmm. us about what you bring, what you and then also I'd love to know the outcomes and the response. And so tell us, walk us through your 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 business. So what I bring to business is, is nuance. Um, and so when I, I say I study human behavior for a living and I enjoy that, it allows me to be a polymath in progress and a culture translator, you know. Uh, for those understood, polymath is akin to Renaissance, you know, person. And so in a cultural translator, I, I feel like I translate cultures in different environments. But the path there was very unique. You know, I graduated from college with, uh, you know, having run two nonprofits and everything. But because I wasn't a citizen, I, I got rejected. So I had over 85 job rejections for various reasons. We don't sponsor visas. We didn't think your English would be good enough. And so I ended up being... I, I I wound up at a job that I, I didn't imagine I'll be. I, I had to essentially beg one of my one of my internships, previous internships for, for a job, because if you're not a citizen, you have a year to find a job. It's called OPT. And you have a year to find a job, go back to school or go back home. And so I was like, hey, could you like, uh, you know, I had a marketing and business management degree. Can, I can do the social media thing. You know, Twitter was still new then, but I had a following. And so... They brought me on and then they switched my job to sales. And then I hated the job, but I didn't want to feel ungrateful <laughs> because I had finally gotten a visa to stay, but it was just not what I wanted to do. And so it wasn't until I had gone to this car accident in 2012, August 22, that really changed everything for me. So I, I was in this in, in the midst of uh, almost dying. And as I was swerving out of the way, the question that came to mind was, have you done everything you said you were going to do? And I was this guy who was inspired by the late Nelson Mandela, you know, Oprah Winfrey, and people that were able to translate experiences and fight for what they believed in. And I, I, I had always felt like because I got a rejection or because I wasn't a doctor, lawyer, engineer, that I, you know, maybe I wasn't successful. And so it just got me down the path of really finding my domain name. So I just started sharing more of my writings publicly. I bought a domain name under my name, and then I, I started sharing more of that. I didn't know what it would be. I just knew that I needed to start expressing myself. Part of expressing myself led me to quitting the job. So I quit the job. And then if you're not a citizen, it's either work, marriage, 
you know, <laughs> or, or school. And so I decided I was going to go to school. So I changed my environment. I was definitely with the change environments. I moved to New York City, came here for my MBA, launched a podcast uh, in the middle of the school year. And so I had a website, a podcast, and I was just sharing all my observations. And then the observations, you know, led me to make a decision that was, again, bold, where I decided I wouldn't go to any internship that were being offered. So when you have an MBA, you're pretty much on a, like, a, you can go to Deloitte, you can go to any of that. And, you know, but I felt like I didn't want to do that. And so I figured out if I become really good at podcasting, it would turn into something. And for a while, it looked like I was making the dumbest decision because I wasn't making any money. Parents were worried. My schoolmates thought I was wasting school money. It took a while. I, I wound up getting two jobs. I would do like odd jobs, you know, based around marketing. I got fired twice because they were, they were going different directions. And then I remember after Trump got elected, you know, people started researching ways to heal divisions and all the stuff I've been writing at this point. It would be four. Yeah, it would be four. It was four years of writing and hustling and doing occasional speaking engagements you know, or any of that. Not enough to sustain an income, but something there. It, it really started to really make sense to people where all of a sudden I, I wasn't trend jacking. People were like, oh, this guy's been writing about this. And then there's all these things. And so I recognized the opportunity there. And so I started to reframe my, my, my message and, and pitch to organizations that said, what I have here are frameworks for inclusion. And if you're interested in learning more, this is what I, ha I have. And then I was also fortunate to get three TEDx talks that year. So that's what ultimately launched a career, but it was a long, windy road. Yeah, <laughs> of, I love that. I love out. that. Yeah. And, and it all came from you realizing you needed to be vocal, whether it's written or your podcast or whatever, and look at yeah. all that came to you. I love that. I want to ask you about the book. So what made you, so you're speaking, you're podcasting, you're doing all this cool stuff. You start consulting with companies. What what made you decide to write this book and what do you want us readers out of it? So I, I developed my mission statement in the midst of writing uh, when I moved to New York. And it was usually difference to make a difference because it occurred to me that people don't, you know, a lot of the problems we have today in the world are because we have an, an adverse reaction to anything that's different. You know, even if you look at the introvert and extrovert, a lot of extroverts might say, oh, that person, I don't know, you seem stuck up. The introvert, you don't look to understand. You just like make a decision. And yeah. so I wanted to explain. Yeah. So I was I was thinking if we really change our relationship with that, maybe we can be better <laughs> as, as a world. And so I developed a speech around that. And, and I'd always wanted to, you know, to write. And it was it was something that I've been doing, but I didn't know when the book would come about. So I, I, I developed a signature speech around that. I started giving that at places now and it started to get really, really great reception. And at the place you mentioned, Chautauqua Institution, it was, you know, I delivered it to my largest audience. It was about 5,000 people. And um, I got a standing ovation, you know, and I was like, what? And these people were, in, in, you know, they're, they're older than me. I'm, I'm, if you look, there's the videos out there on YouTube, uh, 70s, you know, older, you know, these are like, and I was like, and, and uh, they had a whole line waiting for me. And then one of the ladies asked if I had a book <laughs> that she could give to her grandkid. Oh, and I'd been... Yeah. And I'd been shopping around for editors then, but it really put a battery in my pack. Then I was like, oh, OK, well, well OK. <laughs> so, and so, uh, you know, I didn't have a book anymore. So I started really, really just making it more intentional. And then uh, that's when that happened. 
Wow. I love that. And we're running out of time. I know I need to be cautious of your time, but I do want to ask you, oh, I still want to ask you this if you can. Do you have a favorite chapter or two that you love in your book and why? I mean, it's always, God, I'm trying to pick a favorite chapter. I I will say this. So the book is broken down into three, three sections. So there's the idea uh, educate, don't perpetuate, instead communicate. I think for me, the, I think what I want people to really understand more, I don't know, I wouldn't describe it as favor, but the most important aspect are really on the aspects of developing awareness. So the educate is broken into education of self and education of environment. And for me, the reason why I really like this section as an intro is I think many of us exist in a world where we react without reflecting. So I always say we're in a more of a reactive world than reflective world. And I find that when people go through this section, what comes out to them when they realize what their worldview is and why they think the way they think is is my favorite. Because once you have ownership of how you can reframe your mindset and why you think the way you think, seeing the world is so different. And so why I can't necessarily call it my favorite because I love the whole book. I, I, I say it's the most fundamental aspect because developing that keen sense of, of self-awareness and environmental awareness is, is like fundamental to solving any problem in today's world. And Laura was in that section, right? Yeah. So you talk about yeah. listen, observe, reflect. Act. Yeah. 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 I, I have Laura after each of these sections because I want people to, after because I really don't think we re- reflect enough. So after I throw information down to people, I, I want them to listen to, to what it's saying to them, observe how they're reacting, and then reflect on it again, and then act based on the information they have. And so this is just one of the many nuggets that are in the book. So I need to wrap up with you. I wanted to ask you if you had any advice for those of us who are different, introverts or otherwise, any any nugget of advice for those of us who feel different or feel like we don't fit in? Oh, gosh. Lean into that. You know, when I, when, you, know you, you asked me earlier about my story and I was telling you all the identity crisis I, I, I was going through. I don't think we find the benefit enough in our lived experiences enough. If you had asked me when I was 10, when I was 15, yeah, when I was 17, in those pivotal moments in my life, if me figuring out how to navigate the world with my identity and, and then embracing it ultimately would have translated in me being able to provide frameworks for people to do the same, I would have thought, no way, what are you talking about? But a, there's such a benefit in how you, how different you are because you can become a conduit other people who share those lived experiences. You can find an opportunity to, to make sure that that becomes included in part of the, you know, as part of the larger conversation. You, as you grow older and, you know, garner more access into different environments, become more unapologetic, the more you express yourself, and then you give other people permission to do the same. And so that's what I would say, you know, don't let anyone tell you that something germane to you or your identity isn't important and find environments whether you create it or whether it's already there to affirm that piece of identity and be unapologetic about it. You don't know how much you've touched me because you're just speaking to me. And that's what with me in this format, this platform of introversion. It's like <laughs> I started talking about it. People just are coming out like they've lived the same experience and nobody was talking yeah. about it way that I am. So thank you. Yes, that's great advice. Uh, You said it so eloquently. Please tell us where we can get your book, how we can follow you. Give us any 
contact information you'd like to share? So thank you for having me. This has been fantastic. I really enjoy the conversation. You can find me at my digital home, tyroxin.com, T-A-Y-O-R-O-C-K-S-O-N.com. I have links to courses and things that I do there, newsletter. You can get the book, Use a Difference to Make a Difference, anywhere books are sold. So it's in all formats, ebook, audible, physical. You know, my podcast is called As Told by Nomads. So that's anywhere you listen to podcasts. But yeah, you know, all those places. And then, you know, you'll be able to find me. Thank you so much, Tayo, for being a guest on Hush Loudly and for sharing your talents, your treasure with us. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Enjoy Hush Loudly. Please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to us. Did you know Hush Loudly has t-shirts? Yep. Show the world you're an introvert without saying a word. We also have t-shirts for the extroverts in our lives who need us. Go to hushloudly.com slash shop.